0: Hey, this is Dr. Evans Kariuki. Welcome to Firebrand Nation. Your life will never be the same as you go through these teachings. These are teachings for soul winners. Here at Firebrand Nation, we believe that we are called to reach one soul every second. This podcast is designed for soul winners who hunger and thirst to see the lost come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Let us go straight into the Word of God. Let us pick up where we left off, and we're going to talk about some people who lost, but in their losing, they gained. I left with this example of the Moravian brothers, the Moravian brothers who gave themselves to the mission field. Amen? Also, men like Adoniram Judson. Now, these are the type of people your pastor reads about. These are my heroes, Adonaira Judson, who gave himself to the Burmese people. Him and his wife, they, they got together. And you know how you, how you sign a, a, a marriage covenant? When he asked her to marry him, he said, I promise you a life in the mission field. We're going to live as missionaries. Sometimes we won't know what we're eating. We won't have a place to just call home. But God will be glorified through our life. Will you marry me? In the marriage day, their marriage certificate included a line that said, you know you're marrying a missionary. They got married and went to a place called Burma. The first white people in Burma first white people in Burma. The day they arrived, the wife was pregnant. That week, she had a a stillbirth. The baby was born and died. That week, the day they arrived in Burma. And they thanked God for being chosen worthy to suffer for him. And the team they had gone with to Burma, another family, when they got to Burma, they saw business opportunities and they abandoned the mission field. The missionary society that had sent them abandoned them in Burma. So it was just the two of them. But today, Adonaira Judson is the person, his wife, they would spend the night, him and his wife would spend the night in Burma. Guess what they were doing? Translating the English Bible to Burmese to Burmese. They were translating the Bible at night. And it took them six years to win their first convert. Six years to win their first convert. And at the end of that sixth year, they had ten converts. And they had a Bible in Burmese. Adorainam Judson. A-D-O-N-I-R-A-M. A-D-O-N-I-R-A-M. In Burma, they ended up giving their life to the Burmese people, and the church in Burma, the church in Burma, was started and founded, and the name of Jesus Christ was started by these two, who gave their whole life to to God in Burma. And today, and and in those in that time, when the were in Burma, Adoniram was arrested for fourteen months, and when he was arrested for the gospel, every night they would put a chain between his legs and hanging upside down like a bat. And the only thing that would touch the floor was his head and his shoulders. So he doesn't bleed to death. You know, when you hang upside down, all your blood could go to the head. So they let his shoulders and his neck touch the ground. But every night, his wife, every day, his wife would bribe police officers so she could see her husband. And continue to give him food, continue to give him strength. Continue to translate scripture, tell, tell him how the mission is going. And God was glorified. Today, Burma Christianity is the way it is because of him. Next, David Livingstone. David Livingstone, a Scottish missionary, Scottish missionary who went to Africa and said, I'm going to cross this whole continent and bring the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he said, how are you going to do it? He said, I'll follow the river. And he's the one who discovered the Zambezi. He's the one who discovered the Nile. He's the one who discovered all the in and what we call trade routes right now in Africa. Persecuted by tribes, persecuted by by um by animals, tents crushed down by elephants, lions. His body one day was murdered so badly by by a lion attack that he almost died. And after the lion attack, his team said, that's enough, We we can't do this anymore. And he said, instead of us talking and sitting here and having these many conversations that are just breaking everyone's spirit, he took his machete and began walking into the bush with bandages and everything, and said, if you're going that way, if you're going back, go. But if you're going this way, let's go. And only one person followed him, an African boy. And that African boy became his first convert. An African boy said, if this white man is this wild, that we've just been attacked by lions, and he still wants to give us this gospel, why not? Let's go with him. Today, in Africa, there's a tree where his heart had been buried. When he died, the Queen of England demanded his body. So his body was taken to England, but his heart was buried in Africa. David Livingstone, you mention him anywhere in Africa. You're talking about, it's like talking about a god. You're talking about a god. Today, when he died, he wrote with his blood. With his blood. He died on his knees. He wrote with his blood. If they will be... There will be people who will bring the gospel to this continent. And when they do, may they never forget the work that I've done. May they never forget what I've done. Him and his family. Oh, my gosh. His family. They had eight children in the mission field. Eight. His wife was popping them like no joke. Eight children in the mission field. That's amazing. Jim Elliott. Jim Elliott. Jim Elliott was a missionary inspired by William Carey. We'll talk about William Carey right now. Jim Elliott was killed by natives in the remote sides of the Amazon. And the, the way he died inspired the leaders of those natives to give their life to, the, to Christ, the Christ of this Jim Elliott. Mary Slena, this one will inspire you a missionary to India before uh, Mother Teresa and all those. Actually, this one inspired Mother Teresa. While she was in the mission field serving the ghettos of India, the ghettos, one day her house was broken into. Everything she owned was stolen. She wasn't in the house that time. Then she came home and found this man breaking into her house. These young men from the ghetto, and when they found, when she found them, one ran outside the window, but the other one could not make it. So he decided to restrain her. While he was restraining her, he began to rape her. And the one who ran outside the window came back, and she was gang-raped in the mission field. All her things were stolen. She was raped. When she went to hospital. The missionary society said, would you like us to send you back to uh, to England for further treatment? She said, no, take me back to the place I've made home. This is my home. And she went back to that same slam and that same ghetto. And that next time, she was preaching the gospel to the same people who assaulted and stole her her things. They were wearing her things while she was preaching. And as she was preaching and ministering to them, washing their kids, washing their babies, washing their feet, teaching the young girls how to live, the boys who raped her came to her with tears. And they said, we have robbed from you We raped you, we beat you, and you know it's us. Why are you still here? And she said the most famous line in missionary life, the love of Christ constrains me. The love of Christ. And these young men said, we want to know this love. We want to know this love that can make us do such bad things to you, and you still love us. These boys were led to Christ and they became her biggest, her biggest preachers in the area. They won the most souls under her leadership in that area. This was before before any other uh, missionary had hit that place. Suffering may look like a bad thing, but God turns it for good. Amen? Oh, what can we say about Hudson Taylor? Oh, Hudson Taylor. I'm going to give you this, you research for yourself. William Carey, William Carey. Oh, if there's a story you want to read, read about William Carey. William Carey and his wife, my God, my God. If you're not married, pray for a wife like that. Just pray for a wife like that. Pray for a wife who understands that burden. William Carey. They went and they were part of the missionary movement, British missionaries, and he is now called the father of modern missionaries because of the work he did. But I, I tell you the truth, William Curry and Adoniram Judson would not be who they were if it wasn't for their wives. Their wives are the ones who made these men. They are the ones who made these men. They are the ones who made this. Hudson Taylor. Amy Wilson, Carmichael. Oh, Amy Wilson, Carmichael. Wow. David Brainerd. David Brainerd. Jonathan Goforth. Jonathan Goforth. Robert Moffat. Robert Moffat translated the Bible. Great missionary. Translated the Bible. I can talk missionaries all day. I, I, love, I love missions. Ah, I love it. I love it. That is, that is my heart. That is my heart. I said, Robert Moffat, Robert Moffat. Robert Moffat is the one who translated the Bible and translated that scripture in Isaiah and said, God is a God of method. God is a God of method. There's a way God works. There's a way God works. His wife, Mary Moffat, Mary Moffat, Mary Moffat. She said, my life has been dedicated to making my husband's passion come true for the gospel to be spread, for the gospel to be spread. She dedicated herself, what did she say? She dedicated herself, her her reason for being born was to marry this man and to make what he's been called to do come to pass. That's what she said. That's that's what she believes she was called to do. Her name is Mary Moffat. William and Elizabeth Booth, David David Brainerd, David Brainerd, Brainerd B R A N E R D. He was a missionary to the Native Americans. David Brainerd was David Brainerd's B R A I N E R D. David Brainerd and his family is known for being the most sick missionaries. They got sick. Every time, everywhere they went, he was always sick, but always had a passion to preach the gospel. Henry Martyn, M-A-R-T-Y-N. Thank you, Jesus. There are so many more. I, I, I don't think we even have enough time to go through all of them. Ah, Here's a good one. Marie Jane Taylor, Marie Taylor. That was her name, Marie Taylor. But her full name was Maria Jane Taylor. Then Francis Xavier, Francis Xavier, what can we say about Jonathan Edwards? Now here is some who had crazy spouse, Jonathan Edwards. Oh, pastor, my my spouse would never let me do missions work. Read about Jonathan Edwards. He had a thorn. That, That wasn't even a thorn. That was a spear in his side. Jonathan Edwards was, his marriage was crazy, but he was still able to do the work of God. John Wesley. John Wesley, John Nelson Hyde, all people who gave themselves to the mission field, but God used them for his glory, for his glory. So sometimes my point is, sometimes it can look like you're losing, like you're losing. But even in that looking like you're losing, you're actually gaining. Today, Africa would not be what it is without missionaries like David Livingstone would not be where we were, would not be where we were if it was not for men like this. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. I, when, when, I'm, when I'm a bit frustrated, I just sit down. I have a shelf full of missionary books. I sit down and I say, which one do I want to read? Do I want to read about William Carey? One, one of my favorite, and I encourage you to read it, is William Booth and Elizabeth Booth. That 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 couple, that was love. They they worked together to build Salvation Army. And the truth is, it's his wife that built it. It wasn't him. He, he was a part of it, but she played a major role in building it. Look at this. We are in Hebrews chapter 11, and I want to read... There's a scripture specifically I want to read. I want you to read the whole of it. But there is is verse 13. So Hebrews 11 goes through all the heroes of faith. Then it says in verse 13, These all died in faith, having not received the promise, but have seen them from afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on this earth. They were strangers and pilgrims on this earth. They are people who are a gift to the earth because of what they've been called to do. The Bible says that the world was not even worthy of such people. The world was not even worthy. The the places and the things that they were doing were not even worthy of these kind of people. The world was not worthy. Go to verse 38. Go to verse 38. Verse 38. Of whom the world was not worthy. Of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. You know, don't, 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 don't shut yourself away from conversations of people who give themselves for the gospel, because today you would not be saved if it wasn't for them. The Bible says the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and dens and caves of the earth. All these having obtained a good report through faith, through faith. Receive not the promise. God having provided better things for us that without us should not be made perfect. Someone like Paul suffered for the kingdom. Are you saying Paul is not anointed? Paul is not in the will of God because he suffered? No. Sometimes suffering is part of the package. Can you give the Lord a great amen? Give the Lord a great amen. Let us continue to the next point of his will. Have you enjoyed those missionary stories? Amen. Lord, let's raise up missionaries. Me, that is my desire for my children. That is, I look at them and I say, God, just secretly lay hands on them. And I say, don't let these ones be ordinary. Don't let them live an ordinary life. Raise them to be missionaries. Raise them to be missionaries, to do your work. And every time I see them like becoming ordinary a little bit it makes me say ah in my heart like i'm i'm a bad parent i'm a bad parent they are they are they are they they're lining up with the wrong with the wrong things let me push them back in line nicely push them back in line let them serve you let them go somewhere let them send, send them somewhere to serve you and give their life to ghettos and slums and give their life to the work of god give their life to the work of god amen 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 Thank you, Jesus. Had we said that sometimes doing nothing could be the will of God? I think we had, right? We had said that. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes the will of God will cause you to focus on a group of people. For example, James, John, and Paul. Paul was called to the Gentiles. James to the Jews. John, the first ministry that John was given is to the mother of Jesus to the last year I did a study on David which I will be releasing and teaching very soon the leadership of David this year I'm doing a study on the relationship of John and Jesus because it was very special they had a special connection I'm doing that study and it is so it is blessing me so much to find out the secrets about John and Jesus amen So sometimes you're called to reach specific people. Specific people. Jesus says, I was called to reach the lost sheep of Israel. I was called to reach the lost sheep of Israel. So the more you can align and focus your calling, the more effective you can be for God in the will of God. Don't be too widespread. Focus your calling. Billy Graham at the end of his life said that. He said there are areas he should have focused on more. Amen? All right. Let us go back to this point and touch, add a little bit more. Losing can bring you much gain. I didn't give you this scripture. Write Matthew sixteen twenty-five. 25. Whatsoever you lose, you shall find. Next, the mystery of God's will, Matthew 19, 30, the mystery of God's will. What number are we in in the mystery of God's will? Is that the last can be first. The last can be first. Don't ever mistake being last for being the loser. The last can be first. I always like giving this example. The last person you love is the one you married. Not always the first So the last person becomes your first lady. Are you understanding? That is how it's important. There are some things you want to come last. In a a marriage, you want to be the last person he falls in love with. You want to be the last person she loves. Are you understanding? The last can be first. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. It's a mystery for us to realize that In the kingdom of God, finishing is more important than starting. Finishing. You cannot go to God and tell him what you used to do. He wants to know what you're doing now. Not what you used to do. So you may have started last, but you're still serving him now. The last shall be first and the first shall be last. Next, next, number eight, based on the points on the screen. The mystery that seeking wealth, sorry, not seeking wealth can be your key to being wealthy. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Seeking the kingdom first. And you know that by, are you a tither? Do you give your tithe? Do you give offerings first? Is God your priority when it comes to your money? That is the secret to wealth. That is, the secret to wealth is being a person who seeks God first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Jesus said, Don't seek clothes, don't seek the things of this world, for that's what the, the the, the heathen worry about seek the kingdom first, and that becomes the key to wealth. It's a mystery. The will of God, do you know the will of God for you to be a tither? If you told somebody, they'll say, you, ah, What do you mean? You give 10% of your income. What do you mean? That's money that you could do something else with. But it is a secret mystery of the kingdom. Amen. The mystery of patience patience yesterday I read a, a scripture on how patience will make you uh, get into the will of God without patience you cannot do anything for God the Bible says let this man not think he'll gain anything from God being patient when others think you're being taken advantage of when others think that it's it's a uh, You should give up. No, no, no. Be patient. It's a mystery. It's a mystery to be patient in the things of God. There are things in God that it takes eight years minimum. Eight years minimum. And I'll show it to you in scripture. Before something can mature in God. Because it's the will of God. Amen. And what we think is a long time. When you receive the promise, it looks like it was... It was nothing. It was worth waiting. Jacob had to wait seven years for his first wife. I'm already giving you the scriptures. Then he had to wait another seven for his real wife, the one he wanted. So seven, eight years, God's waiting period on some things. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Next and final point. The will of God is revealed in knowing God. Knowledge and the will are connected. Colossians chapter one, verse nine. Colossians one, nine. Colossians one, nine. The Bible says that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. That you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. So the knowledge of His will, the mystery. I want to, I want to drill this down a little bit. The knowledge of His will is like uh, something you know on the inside of you. It fills you up, and that's a mystery. So it's like you almost know what to do without knowing the outcome of something. That's knowing the will of God. For example, I just know that we need to go to this and this place, your knowledge about travel, or sometimes you're about to do something and something on the inside just doesn't feel right. There was a time I was leaving my house and God just said, five more minutes, give it five minutes before you leave. And I waited a little bit. Then I left. And when I left on the route I was going to, there was a huge accident that happened 5 minutes before i got there that's being filled with knowledge are you understanding it's like it's not i don't want you to think about the knowledge of god's will as something spooky spooky and it's it's your everyday life your everyday life it becomes it becomes an inner intuition are you understanding what i'm teaching it becomes like an inner intuition you can be filled with the knowledge of god's will concerning your calling you're like hey uh, i i I know this is what I should be doing. You can be filled with the knowledge of God's will concerning who you should follow. This, this is my pastor. This, this, yeah, you're a good preacher, but I've not been called to follow this person. It, it's like an inside feeling. It's like an inside feeling. However, however, if you are not, if you don't exercise that knowledge and that wisdom and that understanding, you end up missing or delaying the wheel. Are you understanding? If you're always, always looking for for the stars to be aligned, the moon to be aligned, everything to be good, you'll miss it. It, You need to make the will of God an everyday thing. The will of God, hear me, the will of God is not something you discover. It's something you wake up in. You just wake up and this is the day the Lord has made. And now let me go do what God wants me to do. Are you understanding? It's not some spooky thing. Up in the air it's not hidden uh, it's not hidden from us, it's hidden for us. So even though it's a mystery, it's hidden for us, it's unveiled and uncovered for us. It's not hidden from us, it's for us. and I believe today you're walking into the fullness of the will of God over your life in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ, that any hardship that you go through, any trials, I feel the anointing. Let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, in the mighty name of Jesus, for everyone under my voice, Lord, may you reveal the mystery of your will. Lord, it's not, it's, it's, Lord, it's your will, it's your desire that we have the knowledge of your will, the understanding of your will, the wisdom of your will. Lord, today we remove and take out any ungodly voices, any ungodly sounds, any uh, habits that have been built over the year that, that have deceived us for so long, any cultural, any uh, upbringing that has blinded our minds for so long. Today, in the name of Jesus Christ, we ask you, Lord, to give us the knowledge of your will in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. According to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 5, I declare unto you that God will give you the knowledge of his will. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 9, that you receive the knowledge of the will of God concerning your calling in the mighty name of Jesus. Philippians chapter 2. Verse 25 to 27, you receive, you receive the knowledge of God's will concerning your life, concerning your health, concerning every area of your life in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, to the glory and to the honor of the almighty God. According to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 19, you will have the ability to make sense of any suffering that you go through. You will know that it's the will of God. You will know the will of God 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 19 in the name of Of Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 to 27. As you pray, you intercede in the will of God, according to the will of God for the saints, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, that you, as you're filled with the Spirit of God, you will be filled with the knowledge of His will. Somebody say, I receive, I receive. As you're filled with the Spirit of God, you'll be filled with the knowledge of His will. I feel God in this place, in the mighty name of jesus christ to the glory and to the honor of the almighty god every decision that's in your future every decision that you have to make may you receive the knowledge of the wheel may you receive the knowledge of the wheel Today, I declare foolish decisions out, uh, away, 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 away. No more foolish decisions in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. uh, John chapter 4, verse 34. John chapter 4, verse 34. That where you're sent, you go in the wheel and you will finish the work of God. I declare longevity, longevity in your life in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. uh, Every grave that had been opened for your calling, for your name, for your destiny. Today, we shut them in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And I declare that you're you're walking in the excellency of the knowledge of God's will. I declare John chapter 5, verse 30 over your life, that in our own, we can do nothing. We do what our father does. We hear what our father says. And we don't seek our own will, but we seek the will of the Father. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, to the glory and to the honor of the Almighty God. Receive the leading of the Holy Ghost. Receive the leading of the Holy Ghost. Receive the leading of the Holy Ghost. Your ears, they hear the voice of the Good Shepherd in the name of Jesus. Your eyes, your feet, they know where to go. They know what to understand. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, if you believe it, 10 seconds praying for yourself. 10 seconds thanking God. 10 seconds, thank God for receiving it. 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 5, 4, three, two, one. Give God praise. Give God glory that we have received the perfect ability to walk in the will of God. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, and amen. Thank you so much for joining us. I truly believe you have been blessed. If you have enjoyed this episode and would like to join Firebrand Nation, The Movement, connect with us on social media. At Firebrand Nation, go to our website at www.firebrandnation.com. Remember, alone I'm flame. Together, we are a fire. Like, share, and distribute this so that others could be blessed. God bless you.